When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. The stars were out in force for the Golden Globes last night, the first major televised award show of the season. Someone described the evening as, I quote, a big night for bombs, referring to the many wins for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and host Joe Coy's monologue. So there's a lot to talk about. I want to thank Ryan McQuaid, executive editor at Awards Watch, for jumping here onto the show this morning to talk me through this. Hey, Ryan, how are you? How was your night? It was a wild night. Mm -hmm. I'm actually recording this live from Los Angeles. Uh, so it's, uh, so yeah, it was, it was all a buzz. The Golden Globes, first big uh, event of, of the Oscar season. It's here. Let's start by talking a little bit about the show and the telecast. As I said, the celebrities seemed eager to come out post-strikes. Everyone was there from Oprah to Meryl to Timmy and Taylor, De Niro, Springsteen. What did you make of the show in general? Have they been able to rebrand the Golden Globes? Did they manage that? Well, you have to take into consideration that they were already at the beginning of the show in a controversy because it's the Golden Globe. So, you know, it's just bound to happen. There was a whole seating arrangement. It was a different setup than the usual, just regular stage in the pit. They had a, a, a sort of center stage where the, the um, it almost was looked like a setup for the Oscars. And that there was this giant in the middle of place where they would, where the winners would come and stand the podium. And, uh, it then cost a three-tier system as opposed to a usually two-tier system. And it had a lot of people frustrated because executives for films, members of the Golden Globes, uh, the new newly formed uh, you know Golden Globes critics, uh, not the Hollywood Foreign Press, because that's been disbanded. That's disbanded, uh, yeah. Yes, which was interesting to see that some people in their speeches still said the Hollywood Foreign Press and some said the Golden Globes critics. It was it was. It was the first night for and first time for everybody, um, and it'll change over the years. But um, so they they didn't. It seemed like have enough seats for everyone, and everyone was crammed together. And yeah, you're cramming in all these movie stars and Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez and all these pop stars and celebrities. And yeah, it's it was an, an insane event. And honestly, the telecast itself it kind of went pretty smooth. Um, you know, they were on time. Uh, they they got rid of the tributes, which, <laughs> as somebody that uh, that covers uh, awards, I should have known that. And and um, my great friend and our great friend Eric Anderson pointed out that because they did these new comedy uh, stand up um, category and the cinematic box office achievement awards, which I'm assuming we're going to talk about that one, um, they got rid of the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which honors somebody in film, and the Carol Burnett Award, which honors somebody a legend in television. So um, that cuts down significantly. Those are about 15 minutes, 20 minutes a piece, it feels like at times. 
So, and the speeches were less than two minutes. They were really rushing everybody off stage. Yeah, it felt like they were, they had like a gun to them or something because everyone was like, oh my God. And they really held that 18 And they really did. Yeah. I mean, like (laughs) rushing Christopher Nolan, rushing Emma Stone, rushing all these people off the stage. It was, it was, it was kind of wild. But yeah, I mean, the night started off with the biggest bomb of all time. Um, Probably one of the, one of the worst hosting gigs I've seen. And the Golden Globes, to their credit, have had a lot of bad hosting gigs. Uh, I look back to the year Jimmy Fallon did it, and it was very you know, just not funny. The Andy Samberg, Sandra Oh experiment, that didn't work out. Last year with Gerard Carmichael, which was very hit or miss and kind of mean-spirited and definitely going after the Globes, but just didn't have the comedic bite to it more than just a commentary. This was... What, what happens when you when Joe you don't when, when he said it point point blank this is what happens when you don't prepare more than 10 days in advance for your host and i'm not i'm not saying that that is a blame on his writers but then it's a blame on the globes for not having this prepared enough and i i get that they just got the deal with cbs and all that but they could still have had the host ready to go it's a lazy excuse but it also just shows that, like, why the Oscars have Kimmel already announced, you know, four or five months in advance to make sure that their their night goes off yeah, better I than get that. I mean, having I mean, someone that's just right. And, and then the jokes are just not funny. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, the jokes were bad. And then he did some things that really felt not great, especially coming out of the strikes when he literally oh, throws yeah. his writers under the bus and says, the good jokes are mine. The other ones I haven't written. It just did not feel funny at all. And also just kind of felt like that cringe moment when you feel like someone, he was himself feeling that he was bombing. And you could see that. And and Ricky Gervais, who I'm not a big fan of, but he still can sort of pick himself up and like, whatever, I don't care what you guys think. And you feel like he still can command the stage. This felt like it was shrinking back. But it was really awkward to see, I had to say. It was someone that honestly had never done one before. And at least when Ricky makes a comment... It is a biting comment and you're talking about it and we're sitting here and we're like, wow, did you remember that he said that? Jeez, Louise, that was, that was rough, but it, it, it had its intended audience just kind of on the edge of their seat. And it also makes the entire audience like on edge, right? Because what is Ricky Gervais going to say? Or Tina Fey and Amy Poehler who have done it swimmingly for years. Um, and I think, you know, people like Seth Meyers have come and done a great job because they just... They know how to work a room. And yeah. He didn't know how to work a room. And then, yeah, and I think. it's not a roast. They feel like they no, always it's... want to take it. They, they, they take the wrong approach when they do it this way. He took the wrong approach, but then he also admitted that he didn't see any of these films, essentially. And he dumbed down Barbie to the most, I'm going to say, misogynist level oh, that you could possibly do. And, and in its it was echoes of Seth MacFarlane, we saw your boobs, but at least in that skit, the actresses were in on it. This was not, this was me, this was poking at like, hey, Barbie's the big dumb movie with boobs. And it's like, no, the only boob here is you. And so, and then like, yeah, the De Niro thing. The Barry Keegan penis joke. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just it was a it was a avalanche of stupidity and it just shows that just because you have a stand-up comedy um award doesn't mean that all these stand-ups are going to work honestly eric and i were talking about it jim gaffigan who presented the stand-up comedy Great. award he would have been a wonderful choice because he it's that kind of simple humor that the audience was really really liking and it was poking fun at himself and not taking it too seriously and he, he has a great brand i don't know if Joe well, he Coy may have said no just the right choice what i kind of i mean it's so it's many also, people said no before they ended up where they ended up that's the other thing is is that we we can say oh we want this person that person but nowadays because of online and and twitter and all the different social media platforms it's very easy to just like say no i don't want to do it because they don't want the pressure and it hurts their brand but then you do something like this and it definitely is gonna you know i just look bad on him he's never gonna do it again never so i feel kind of sorry if it must be a hard day today to read all the i mean he said it i don't feel i don't feel too bad for him i mean like he said all those jokes still and any and yeah i mean coming out of a writer strike and bla- and throwing your writers in the bus i would have i would have booed him too yeah any other celebrity moments that were i really loved the jennifer lawrence when when she oh, her man. name was being called out as a nominee and she looks into the camera and mouths if i don't win i'm out of here <laughs> it's just so funny but it seemed like it seemed like she was all over the night and she just had a great time it's just wonderful to have movie stars uh in the room and them having fun it looked like you know that selena gomez and taylor swift were gossiping over timothy chalamet it looked like uh there were there and were kendall and chalamet making out in their corner oh <laughs> right and then and then um all the boys looking great like andrew scott and pedro pascal and coleman domingo all sitting next to one another and just like this is an overload whoever scheduled <laughs> these tables knew exactly what they were doing yeah. and then yeah and Yorgos I mean, Lanthimos was... having a fan moment when he should be thanking for his award he's like looking all, all he can talk about is Bruce Springsteen <laughs> listen as someone that's met Bruce Springsteen in real life I understood where Yorgos was at in that moment and I would too I mean like there's all these great artists in the room Scorsese and you know and, and, uh, and you know and even Yorgos himself there's all these great people but when you have your eye on someone you've admired and you see them right there and it's Bruce Springsteen you're like holy hell it's it is Bruce Springsteen you know and it's like how do you how do you not get fumbled up but yeah I mean it was it was just great to see um it wasn't necessarily a celebration of the globes it was a celebration of this wonderful year in cinema that we had and everybody showed up and what was so crazy about the night was how every award pretty much got a standing ovation from everyone and that they were willing to celebrate all these things and it felt like a celebration after the long summer and the long um fall of just the delay of sag and 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 the wga from getting their deals by the studio it just felt that everyone was like okay now we can we can have a We're drink, free. we can We're sit out. back, and we can <laughs> celebrate these movies and movies that they love and and television shows that they love because TV on the TV side, there were enormous sweeps in all the categories. There, yeah. So. 
we're going to get into the awards. I just want to quickly mention in, in how great Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig were. I mean, <laughs> that was the Talk about somebody that should host. Just, yeah. I mean, I'm <sighs> sure they get the question every year. In my opinion, they're smart not to do it because these little things that they do, they go a long way. They are so funny. Can I tell about one that I think was was I went back and I watched it and it was kind of weird. It was maybe the my weirdest moment of the night, which is saying a lot. Was the America Ferrera Kevin Costner? Um, what was intro? going on with Kevin? What Costner? the hell was wrong with Kevin Costner? Like it's like he I was there for a while it. and then he just like zoned out or something and, and went in a completely flung out of space. Yeah, it was weird. It was he's like the dude was was going off on his own thing and you know, maybe he oh needs God, to hunker was... down in santa barbara again i, I think so <laughs> i think so i felt bad for her because she was like we, we had a bit and you've just kind of ruined it so uh yeah that was weird but no i mean wig and feral just that that whole bit just had me on the floor well it was a huge night for so many people and there was also a huge night for ryan mcquade oppenheimer five awards yes yeah Happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to be. I'm not <laughs> going to be confident about this at all. I mean, that's the thing is that I had people uh, texting me back and forth like Oppenheimer did it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm still like Oppenheimer. Everyone can celebrate, and I'm like nervous in the corner, um, you know, because I mean, it is it is big. I, I do think that it is seismic, and uh, because you have a front runner now, and so what does that mean? It can mean two things. It can mean that this is. This is a steamroller that's going to steamroll through everything, which it definitely can. Uh, it can win Critics' Choice next week. Um, it's going to do really well in the guilds. Um, it's not one of those where it's like, oh, well, maybe it won't or maybe it will. No, Oppenheimer is here to stay. And just will it? how will it do with PGA? How will it do with SAG? How will it do with BAFTA? Like those are how will it do on the Oscars for nominations? We were expecting double digit nominations, but does it overperform? Does it does it miss something? You know, it's not on the visual effects shortlist. Not that it was probably likely to happen, but people were sort of like, Oh, look, Oppenheimer's weak, and then it wins five globes and like, nope, it's strong. And so people are gonna go back and forth on their narratives on it. I think that you have to take a little bit with a grain of salt. Um, that last year the Fablemans and Banshees of Inishiran won uh, these awards and in the year before it was power of the dog and i believe west side story um and so you have to you have to just take it as this is a nice win celebrate the moment celebrate the evening but it was important for those speeches right and i think all five of those speeches from the oppenheimer gang were great speeches because those people know how to talk and Robert Downey Jr.'s speech, that just feels like what I like told you. Robert tell Downey you. Jr. sealed it. Yeah. I mean, because it yeah. feels like I, the other ones I was pretty, I had predicted and I felt for, mm -hmm. I feel pretty secure about going forward and, and you know, that no one's going to take director and Ludwig and all that. But uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like, well, Willie would now after that speech, I feel like he's, I mean, he's on a roll. That room went. <laughs> He's he's going to be on. I mean, he's done really, really well with the critics prizes as well, too. He's kind of taken he's quietly taken the lead over everybody, um, you know, all of his counterparts in the category. And yeah, it's what I told you guys at Telluride. And I kind of believe it still is that he is a 
kid that's been in this industry for his entire life. His dad is a important filmmaker to many, including people like Paul Thomas Anderson in the independent film uh, realm. And I think after last year with the documentary about his dad, he's been very open and honest. And he's making uh, serious art here with Christopher Nolan, and he's been very open, and he's been very funny, and he's been exactly the kind of person that both you celebrate and then also deserves it. And well, I don't think at this point that he's royalty. It's, he is it's time. Yeah. If Jamie Lee Curtis can win for nothing, he can win for performances is very much more. I'm not ready to call it just yet because I do think Gosling is still a favorite among so many people. I think he could win either SAG or Critics Choice. I think Barbie's going to do really well at Critics Choice. So everybody just calm down on yeah. the online about I Barbie. Think so just, too. It's, you know, but I Barbenheimer thought, is not over. It's not over yet. Uh, the, this is just one battle in in the in the long, friendly war between both of these films because these filmmakers really do but I was like each happy other and respect see each other. Things. Even though yeah. I was thinking Barbie would win Best um, Comedy Musical, but um, Poor Things, I was really happy about that. Barbie did win the weird category, though. <laughs> Let's get Does it into count? that. Does it really I don't count? Know. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to figure out if it counts or not. I mean. I've told you I've made said the most money here. Get a prize. Right. But is most money the real cinematic achievement? Like I think apparently I don't think it is. It's I not. Think but it's it's not. The real cinematic achievement is actually Oppenheimer is is the movie that's a three hour R rated biopic in the middle of summer going up against something like Barbie and making nearly a billion dollars. That's a cinematic and box office achievement as opposed to, yes, Barbie overperforming is that, but it was not too surprising. We all thought it would be a hit. We didn't think it'd be a mega hit. And that's why I think it's being celebrated for. Um, listen, I'm all for uh, either Barbie or Oppenheimer winning that over Taylor Swift. So that's fine with me. Um, and uh, and she still doesn't have a Golden Globe, which makes me very happy. Um, so it really was a wonderful night just for for, for myself. And and I know Sophia Simonello is listening, so I know <laughs> she was very happy about that as well. Um, but no, I, I agree. The I thought that poor Yes, I thought that uh, poor things, um, it wasn't a surprise. It was probably between the two of them. And I knew Emma Stone would win yes, that um, was, that was in that category. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think that it's unsurprising. But I do think that it's not going to be the, it's good momentum for it to win here. But I still have reservations about poor things being an across the board contender with the Academy in terms of wins nominations it'll it'll do well but again like the favorite got a ton of nominations and it really only got olivia coleman um and i don't think that emma stone while good of a performance it is i do not think that she will be able to stop the other winner um which i think that 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 was the first one lily gladstone is going to win this oscar and and talk about a speech what a speech She's going to be making them, so everybody just get used to it. Um, she's phenomenal. I was able to to meet her while I was out here, and she's so present and so excited and so calm, uh, not like in a confident way, just like she understands the severity of it, and she's taking it all in one step at a time. And it's 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 she's a lovely, lovely person, and and it's a lovely performance. And so, yeah, she's. If anyone is the sweeper, it's actually her 
and Divine Joy Randolph for the holdovers who is just showing her continued path of dominance. It's it's their season. They're yeah. gonna go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And and Lily's speech, she feels like she was the one speech of the evening that really could talk about the importance of her win. Yeah, and she was, well, I mean, the film is, I mean, it's such a historic moment for her. And she mentioned it, and she has every right to because, you know, Michelle Yeoh said the same thing last mm-hmm. year um, of how these historical things are going to start crumbling. And that's a great thing to see. And, you know, she brought her mom, Charles Melton brought his mom, people bringing their moms, you know, this, this is you know, such a, a great night to, for, for, and she is the, the thing about that movie that you take away, you know, right. and, um, and, and I, I think Scorsese's direction and everything is fantastic, but it's Lily Gladstone all the way. And, um, and she's, and that was the one award everywhere. for that movie. Do you yes. see it? getting more going forward uh no (laughs) i don't um because i think oppenheimer is is at the detriment of killers of the flower moon i think that i think that oppenheimer is is going to stay longer and there's more is it's it's weird to say it but last night was it was interesting when nolan won and i know everyone's gonna go oh ryan you're just talking about nolan but his speech was interesting and very emotional too. I mean, think about that. Christopher Nolan is this highly celebrated director that we all think, oh, he's gotten his flowers many times. That was the first time since 2008 he had been on the stage for Golden Globes to accept anything. And he didn't even accept that award the last time it was for Heath Ledger. And what an enormous weight that is on, on a director of his magnitude. So I do think that it is his it's his time and i think that there's it's others time as well but definitely he it is that group is has not been celebrated downey hasn't been celebrated um you know killian beating bradley cooper um and his in his um rise as he's won the most critics prizes so far and the first televised one and now nolan and the film and the film's producer emma thomas who is the young son hero and not many people really his wife get Anthony. to talk to her. yeah they don't get to talk about about alma his alma mm-hmm. essentially <laughs> and running the whole show you know and um and so i i i think that you're gonna see speeches from from these folks a lot and it feels like it feels like eric said james cameron i've said steven spielberg those moments in history where, you know, Peter Jackson, where it was their time to finally time. give these genre guys the, that took a big risk and it paid off big time, not just for themselves, but for Hollywood as well. You mentioned Bradley. Um, what's going on there? Is his momentum going to pick up or I mean, 
his I mean, six years of learning to conduct for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> six years and talking to Cara Mulligan on the phone, a year in advance and all the stuff and Candide and I don't know if I have to hear about Candide again. Um, uh, no, I think he is not done yet. And because if we remember the Globes last year, uh, that went to Austin Butler and to Colin Farrell. And then it went to Brendan Fraser for the whale at the Oscars. So it's not done yet. I do think that um, he could very well win Critics' Choice. Uh, Killian could very well win that as well. Paul Giamatti is also someone to consider for the holdovers. I do think it is that movie won two awards. And I was also kind of thinking the way that Giamatti had just won, that holdovers was going to win, and yet poor things won. Um, the holdovers has played extremely well, yes. and Giamatti is somebody that also has uh, an overdue narrative. Uh, the last time he was, you know, in an Alexander Payne movie, he was snubbed for an Oscar nomination. Uh, so th- there is there is that as well, and the movie is very popular. Um, but I don't think Bradley's out of it. I think that he just has to play the long haul, and you know, I think that that movie is going to do well. Actors really love it. Um, it is the traditional. Right, the traditional biopic that we've seen win, and uh, it would just be wild if Bradley did what Rami Malek and and Gary Oldman and others have done in the past, releasing that photo a year in advance and doing the whole prosthetic and everything, and then which just felt the like the love. There was this big win. thing for him, and then it just fell. Well, it felt like that for a couple of films, right? Like there was this mm-hmm. massive momentum for a movie like American Fiction, and that movie has kind of quieted down over the last couple of weeks you know maestro depending on what you hear online you know and it's you have to also remember this is a critics group still and yes they are now 300 members and they're more international so there's the likelihood of them being more with the consensus of their other critics groups um but they're still no Oscar voters for the most part, uh, probably at all, in this group. And so, yes, they're going to see speeches around, but, I mean, the Oscars went pretty much in the opposite direction of the Globe winners last year. So, but that's with 90 people as opposed to 300. So what, what you know, what does it all mean? We're going to have SAG later this week uh, have their nominations. We're going to have DGA have their nominations. Um, I think Bradley will show up at one, if not both, maybe. Um, uh, depends on how they really dig his direction. Maestro, uh, they nominated him for A Star is Born. I do not think he's out of this yet. He's just got to sit there and maybe just maybe just buy the time a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. He's Killian not good at just a... sitting there, Ryan. No, That's I know he's, he's fidgety. He's got to <laughs> yeah. just get out there and conduct. But, I mean, Christina... It, the, the thing about becoming a frontrunner, as you know, in, is that you then get a target on your back. And so you'll then, if anyone's able to mount a campaign, Ryan, I a target. I've never been a frontrunner. <laughs> <laughs> you have in my eyes. You have in my eyes. Um, you, but you know that if one team can mount a campaign, a focused, targeted campaign, it'd be the Netflix crew. Um, and, uh, so I, I don't think that he's out of it just yet. And it, and I mean, but also, um, it's not that he's not losing to a deserved winner in Killian Murphy who gave a, a career defining performance. Both of them have really 
it's strong work from either one of them. And now it feels like Killian versus Paul Giamatti. I mean, yeah, that was a really strong. Paul's just sitting right there. Yeah, he's just know, smelling there. like fish. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I was really happy for Anatomy of a Fall, especially in screenwriting, which I thought was. I don't think I think Eric wrote or tweeted that um, there hasn't been a foreign script like since the eighties or something to win this. Yeah category so that was great and then there was the whole thing that justin tria director that she in her speech she divulged her own thoughts on sandra's if she did it or not did you get that well you could take it two ways you could say that she she spoiled everything but then yeah. you can also talk about that the film is technically about the husband's suicide and that's really what the you know the son is that's the whole climax of the third act right is, uh, for is me it's it's always all been on, but lots of people don't think it's a suicide yeah well you know it, it well you know yeah i mean and I, that's I, I, why, I and since she said it was a suicide then people are thinking that's what the director's point was or is she playing or is she playing to the audience yeah. and, being, and, and twisting it uh, twisting the knife a little bit uh later she no, goes I, to the hotel room with snoop yeah <laughs> she mentioned snoop in the in the uh and her speech for uh, the non-English language winner, um, and I was so angry with her because I'm never going to forgive her for that, uh, for that scene. That scene's terrifying. Um, but uh, but no, I I thought that when they when she won for screenplay, I went, oh, Jesus Christ, we have chaos in the screenplay categories even more because. Barbie moved to adapted screenplay by the Academy, and so did Origin. Uh, they made the you know they made the WGA made those decisions to move those over. So we're going to see a lot more Barbie wins in a, in original screenplay, and we're not going to know if that's going to stack up against something like Oppenheimer or Poor Things or Killers of the Flower Moon or American Fiction or all these movies that have won adapted screenplay prizes, but Barbie hasn't. So like is the de facto to Barbie. And then in the, in the, in an uh, original screenplay, you have the passion for the holdovers. You have the passion for a movie like past lives, but as all that passion just go, gone away and we haven't talked about that, there is enormous wave of passion for anatomy of a fall. And is just continuously proving People love it. that the French are morons. What <laughs> is wrong with them? Admit it. I don't. They do this every year. It feels like. Well, you like. know my theory, because she made the con speech. She was very yes. critical to the whole French cultural ministerian there. How they do film funding, and I think yeah. this is this is her penalty. Yeah, and I think I think if a man said it, then they would still be up for best foreign language film at the Oscars. You know, right. and and it's bullshit. And I hope that she wins everything. I hope she wins the Oscar. And then I hope she goes up there and I hope she gives them the giant middle finger. Like I really do. Like she's, she, she, that movie is in a great position and it's stupid by France because whatever she said, she still won the palm. She won the palm door. Like, what are you doing? And it's not to say that taste of things isn't a bad film, but like, it's clearly, this movie is this would this and i mean zone of interest clearly is even before i mean it's not like it's a yeah. surprise it's been between it and zone of interest since can and it's and zone of interest will probably win 
uh, the Oscar for for international feature. But like, but it's clearly the international film of the year is Anatomy of a Fall. And I was actually surprised because the way in which it won screenplay and won non-English language film, I was thinking, does Sandra have a chance to upset Lily? And obviously that didn't happen, so but it, it plays in the back of your head with the fact that that is a capital gray A performance. It is a fantastic, and there's so much to Sandra's and performance Sandra there. And a couple and, of big critic awards. Yes, and you have her work in Zone of Interest, you know, that couples it. So is it is it kind of like you know how we've seen in actresses of the past where they're up for one but are really winning it for two you know so um, did you know that the zone of interest dog is sandra's own dog really yeah <laughs> i heard her say that that messy the dog in anatomy of a fall is so well trained and that's why it could do all those things well the dog in zone of interest all that dog does is chase after her so it worked perfectly because that dog is just supposed to <laughs> run after her <laughs> i didn't know that that's great that's wonderful um before we move on here i just want to let's talk about melton um charles melton mm. who we didn't see do you think that he will find his way back in coming guild awards Don't ask me that. <laughs> I, lo- I love him i love him so much he looks so good on the carpet um, with his mom and his hair and the blue suit. Oh my God, he looked incredible. I hope so. I know that there's been a little bit of the rumblings of the controversy, um, you know, by the, the um, I, I don't know his name, I apologize, but the Mary Kay Letourneau's husband, yeah, really? ex-husband. Um, yes, and I know that he's made comments and vilified it and, and you know, the film and um, taken issue with it, even though the, the movie's inspired but not about him and there's it's a bunch that's a bunch of stuff but i do think that you know milton missed the the path to shortlist um i'm hoping sag comes through for him i just don't know how you don't watch that performance and see something truly spectacular in it and um and and everything so um yeah i'm i'm hopeful for that i you know i do think that you know, May, December, and I mean, it was honestly like it was a really rough night for Netflix with May, December and and um, and Maestro not doing so good. Um, but uh, but and, you know, just like Barbie, there's it's another ceremony down the road. And I think that though, I think these movies will do just fine. Still, there's tons more critics choices uh, or um, wins to come out. I mean, Hilton could win. Indie spirit. You yeah, know, I think too, we're going to so, see more all of the strangers. Uh, we're going to see more. Yes. I think there's Andrew more Scott come. looking incredible last oh, night. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Him and Jonathan Bailey. Oh my God. They, were, they looked, they did looked they so wonderful. Did they coordinate no. that? I wonder if they did, you know, that, that those fellow travelers and those strangers, they've been, then they've been coordinated and taking photos all year together. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But uh, fellow strangers indeed. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I hope so. And, um, you know, I was, I will say one thing is that I was so happy that the boy and the heron won, mm. um, animated feature because, um, and it was the first time that Hayao Miyazaki had ever won a golden globe. And I hope that that carries all the way to, uh, to the Oscar. I would love to see him get a, get another one the first time. It would be his first, his second win. Uh, since uh, Spirited Away, 
and it's a wonderful film. It's one of my favorites of the year. Very so. possible, I think. And and Ludwig Göransson's win was great as oh. well. Just to quickly mention TV, um, yeah. we have Succession, The Bear, and Beef. Really, there was not a lot of surprises except for maybe Debicki, who I hadn't counted on um, for her role as Diana in The Crown. But um, it was a wonderful speech by Karen Culkin. Um, makes you miss the fact that we won't be seeing any more succession with this group together. Any other thoughts on the TV prizes? Just that it, I mean, Emmys are in a week uh, from the time of recording. And, uh, you know, it, I expect, even though the Creative Arts Emmys uh, completely shut out succession, including Nicholas Bartel. That was um, insane to shut know, out Nicholas so, He's yes. never won an Emmy, I heard. He won for the opening title credits, I believe, for the first season, but not for his his work. I mean, think of Christina, that third episode and like the final 15 minutes of that and that music and how it, oh, I don't, I don't even want to go into it. It's, it's, it's a travesty. But no, I think Succession is going to have a really great night. Obviously, you know, the Emmys have a track record of when it's your final season. I like to give you everything. It is interesting that it went to Kieran Culkin, uh, uh, though I... I do not count out Jeremy Strong, still a previous winner in the category. And um, I, w- I predicted it, Jeremy Strong in on our yeah. Emmys prediction show, but now I'm thinking, Karen, that funeral yeah. speech no, he's could in, be him he, at the Emmys as well. Yes, and I mean also the final image of the show is, is him as well in the bar. And it's like, yeah, he had an amazing year. Um, it's it's kind of tough that you can't give it to both of them uh, because they're so fantastic on that show. And then Sarah Snook and Matthew McFadden. Yeah, I expect them to win Emmys as well. And Debicki was an interesting choice, though she's the one that's even though the, that season has come under fire, um, uh, she's been the one that has been the highlight for many uh, in terms of her depiction of Princess Diana. So uh, I don't know if that'll correlate with the Emmys. I mean, uh, the Emmy voting was done months ago, and we're just giving them out now. So. Uh, but I expect the bear to do really well alongside Ted Lasso um, because it's Lasso's fast, last season. But you had the bear, which is this is weird. So the Globes were celebrating the second season of the bear, but the Emmys that we all have During next week first. are presenting for the first season of the bear and the last season of Ted Lasso. And so, That's because the, these Emmys were supposed to have been in September, as they usually are, but were delayed to January because of the strikes. And uh, so we're going to get an Emmys now in uh, next week, as well as in September. So 23 and 24, right exactly. after Exactly. Hey, this is what happens when you have a strike. Uh, right. uh, and everything goes completely to hell in Hollywood. Um, but thank God that they got everything that they... Uh, the writers and the actors um, um, uh, deserved, definitely deserved. Um, but yeah, no, I expect, I also expect Beef to do really well. It's, that's been like the so show that, that everyone is, has just uh, dominated those categories. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of what we saw might be happening again on Monday night. Right. So we'll, we'll get one more chance at a bunch of lovely speeches from people like Karen and, and. Um, just not Karen. Brian Cox. Oh. Cause he might, he might, he might, he, he might get angry. Yeah. <laughs> he eats a Snickers bar, that guy. I'll tell you yes. that. 
Okay, finally, what are the big things coming up this week? You mentioned SAG, so it's the nominations, right? SAG nominations are this week, and so that could give us it's going to be it, it's going to be big. SAG nominations are going to be huge, not in just the individual categories, but the ensemble. The ensemble has been big. It's been sort of a, a tested theory that we've kind of talked about at Awards Watch, but it, the last couple of years it's been about which ensemble do you want to meet the most? Do you want to meet the Coda family? Do you want to meet the Everything Everywhere All at Once family? So of those ensembles, who do they want to meet the most? I mean, obviously the cast of Oppenheimer, the cast of Barbie, um, you know, the cast of Killers of the Flower Moon. But what are the two other ones potentially? Does something miss? You know what I mean? Does something not make it in there? That'll be interesting. Poor uh, the, things the cast. Is poor thing, maybe. Right. I don't know. Holdovers. You know, holdovers. Nice little contained Ameri- cast. American fiction. Does Do we see a, a wild card like like Air or May December, you know, or Saltburn or something get in there? You never know. Um, is Or is or maybe Anatomy, you know, if they if these everybody loves it the way they love it maybe they get it in there i don't know we'll see uh, there's a couple of open spots there dga which i mean it'll be nolan and four others and because it really doesn't matter because he's it's his time and he's going to win the whole thing um but yes and then critics choice is next weekend the voting for critics choice is this week so i'm assuming that a lot of these globes and last minute predictions and last minute events will start happening in los angeles uh, because we'll have globes and, and then critics choices are right behind them and then there's a little and we bit both of a waiting vote period. for critics choice yes 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 and then we'll be having a little bit of a waiting period before we start having um sag and then oscar nominations are in a couple of weeks it's not that far away from those and then those are the real telly telly things and then we get to see um after the nominations the next phase to then the winners Ryan, we're going to have a lot to talk about, and I can't wait to talk to you and Eric during this period that's coming up. Tell everyone where they can read and all your things. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Letterboxd or Ryan McQuaid 77. You can find me at awardswatch.com where I've got interviews, reviews, um, two podcasts, the Awards Watch podcast and Director Watch. Please go listen to those. We're doing a new series on, on the films of William Freakin, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also just continuing to talk with you and everybody uh, in this awards season. And I, I just want to make one thing for your listeners and everybody else out there that, that listens uh, to our award shows. Um, these movies are really great this year. And these filmmakers have a lot of respect for one another. So let's have respect for one another out there when talking about these during the awards race. Let's not pit barbie oppenheimer killers poor things all these movies against one another let's celebrate whatever they decide to pick and let's just you know try to be better than how we usually have been in the past so that we could actually have fun while this is going on rather than it being an exhausting process here here well said thank you so much ryan talk to you soon thank you you've watched them in unforgettable adventures love affairs and tragedies now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories from the makers of death of a rock star and death of a sports star this is death of a film star starring heath ledger marilyn monroe 
Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.